This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. And um, hey, man, you can you can stand up again for the reading of the word. That would be just fine. Hey, man, I know I just asked you to be seated, but I think it's you do that. Psalms one eighteen. I just have a few verses today, and uh, that we'll preach from, and um, believe God is going to do what He does best through this message here today. Amen. Psalms one eighteen. Let's just start at verse number one, and we'll read through um, maybe verse number six or seven. Raphael, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. (laughs) That's a really good God right there. I said that's a good God right there. Some of our mercy runs out. God's mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. (laughs) In other words... You need to testify about the mercy of God. Uh, It's a discipleship model right there in that verse. God supplies mercy. It's up to us to share the mercy of God. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth endureth forever. That's a wonderful way to start that chapter. I say we all need to say God's mercy endureth forever. Verse number five, I called upon the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me. It repeated itself four times in the four verses that his mercy endureth forever. And then he says, I called upon the Lord in my distress and the Lord answered me and set me in a, somebody say a large place. And the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. And the Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. Verse number eight. Let's just read another verse. It is better to trust the Lord than put confidence in man. It is better to trust the Lord than put confidence in man. Let's read verse number nine. It is, here we go, repeating ourselves. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations come past me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. His mercy endureth forever. I said his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. I think we need to shout to the Lord and thank him for his mercy that endureth forever. Hallelujah. That's all right. Raise your hands. Let's begin to thank the Lord for his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated in the name 
of the Lord. There are a lot of things in this world that will cause distress in your life. There's a lot of things that will cause problems in your life, and most are which become out of our own decision-making, by our own actions. And we, don't, we wonder why and how we got to the place that we are in. But let me tell you today, the Bible says His mercy endureth forever. So if you are in a place of distress, I know the word says you can call upon the name of Jesus and he will deliver you out of the distress that you are in. Why? Because his mercy endureth forever. I wish somebody would get this as about the deepest it's going to get today, but I'm here to tell you the mercy of God. I said the mercy of God endures forever. Bible says he will deliver you out but I love the scripture that says he will deliver you but then he will put you somewhere ah, I said the Lord will put you somewhere when he delivers you out the Bible says he will put me in a large place you know what the devil tries to do he tries to put you in bondage he tries to put you in captivity but when the Lord's mercy begins to be endued upon your life and the Lord's mercy begins to bring you out the Lord says I'm going to put you in a large place well, you're saying, Pastor, what are you talking about this large place? The large place is freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. This world will try to trap us. This world will try to put hate upon us. This world will try to put pigeonhole us into one demographic or another. But when the Lord's mercy begins to be poured out into our life, he wants to give us a place that is large, that is full of liberty, that is full of joy, that is full of peace and sound mind. Find many times in scripture that people were in a combined or confined place, but the mercy of God was bestowed upon them, and that place of once confinement has now become a large place of liberty. We look at in the Old Testament of the children of Israel. We find them in Egypt in captivity. They could not leave the place that they were in. But God's mercy was poured out upon them. And God brought them out of bondage and put them in a place called Canaan that he had prepared for them. Canaan was much nicer and much bigger than the place of bondage of captivity. But here, what I'm trying to tell you today, God understands your distress and he understands the walls that you feel in your life. But God's mercy today wants to extend to you a place that is greater than your circumstance. Bible shows us a story in the book of, in the gospels where a lame man was beside the pool of Bethesda. He couldn't get out of the place that he was in without some help. He was on a mat close to the water. He couldn't get to that water. He had an infirmity in his life. He was captivated or captive by that infirmity. But Jesus said to him something and extended mercy to him and he said get up thy bed and you can you don't need that pool I am the pool. I am the one who extends mercy. And that man got up and began to worship the Lord. He took that place of captivity and gave him a large place of victory. His mercy 
endureth forever. We find that mercy endures throughout all of generations throughout the Bible. His mercy is endured, endured through all situations. The gospel shows us that Jesus was moved with compassion by the 5,000. He was moved with compassion with the woman with the issue of blood because he said, who touched me? They said, Master, there are many people that are thronging thee, many people that are moving, many people that are, that are touching you, many people that want to be close to you. He said, no, I felt virtue flow from my spirit. In other words, my my spirit met distress uh, and mercy flowed out of me. Mercy flowed out of my spirit and I'm going to allow that person to walk in a newness of life and health. Leads us to the book of Acts chapter number 1. The mercy of God was about to be poured out upon the people, the people of the name, the people that understood who Jesus was. The book of Acts is not only the design of the church, but is also a historical document that teaches us what the church needs to be like. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. The book of Acts is a, is a beautiful book. It talks about the Holy Ghost being, uh, being poured out. But there's something, even another layer that took place upon the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. That's dunamis power. Somebody say dunamis. Deuteronomy's power is a power that gives great works that can move through your life. Not because of you so that you can boast, but through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a power of a disciple that the Lord says, I'm going to pour out upon you something that you can repeat. Just like I, Psalms 118, the same mercy that I showed up on the cross. Now you're going to be able to testify to all nations about my mercy. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses. In other words, you will speak again to more people unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. In chapter number 2, verse number 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there a appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability. And verse number 6 says, Now when they, when now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Let me tell you something. When the mercy of God... Is poured out in the life of your distress. It will be noised abroad. You can't help but share the gospel. You can't help to share the mercy of God with someone else. We're getting somewhere here. The Bible teaches us throughout the book of Acts that people and men who begin to understand 
what Jesus had done upon that cross. When they had understood the power that he was bestowing upon them. When they understood the mercy that was being shed upon their life. They once were dead in sins, but they were now living again with Jesus Christ. They were no longer someone that had to hide. They were no longer someone that had to worry. They were no longer somebody that had to worry about the distresses and the things of life. But they said, I have had mercy bestowed upon me, and I want to share this precious gospel with whosoever will listen. Find that Peter preached the message on the day of Pentecost. Peter was a fickle man. Peter was not, uh, he was an emotional man. Find that he denied the Lord three times. He denied the Lord, got embarrassed, and got ashamed of God. He would call out the Lord, nobody's going to kill you. That soldier that came after the Lord, he jumped in front uh, and he took the sword of that, that soldier and cut off that, that soldier's ear. He was, he was a man of outburst. He was a man that was somewhat times out of control. Jesus questioned him and, 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 and John, he talks, he says, he says, who do the son, who do men say the son of the uh, son of the man am? And he begins with thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then the next few moments, the, then Jesus started rebuking him for his spirit. He, he, it just seemed like he, he was getting close, but he wasn't grasping. He was close, but wasn't grasping. But something happened to Peter. Something happened to Peter when he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He began to speak with boldness. He had his mind made up. He began to have something upon him that delivered him out of all the distress that was in his mind. He said, now I know that Jesus was the Son of God. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus has come and he has died. Peter said, and I want to give you the message of mercy. I want to give you the message of salvation. I want to give you the message of the Holy Ghost power. Peter had his mind made up. From that point forward, there was no wavering out of Peter. I said there was no wavering out of Peter. There was no wavering about the message. Never again did he deny the Lord. Never again did he put up a wall and say, well, the Lord can't do this or the Lord can't do that. The uh, Bible said there was, well, the, the Bible teaches us and shows us that Peter had no more fear in the eyes of the world. There was no more fear of shame. No more fear and doubt of things that would come even when he was going to that cross to die. When, uh, like Jesus died on the cross. And they begin to, to, to persecute him, no doubt, in his spirit. I can see Peter just like Stephen with a peace in his heart and say, you may not know what you're doing. You can't kill a message that endures forever. You can't, you can't stop a message that endures forever. Mercy endures forever. Jesus, his spirit, will endure forever. You may come upon me. You may make fun. You may make, make light. Uh, people in this world may say things about the church, but let me encourage you here today and say the mercy of God endures forever. Let me just encourage you today and say the mercy of God endures forever. Let me encourage somebody today. You may have distress. You may have sickness. You may have disease. You may have lost a loved one. But God want to tell you today, his mercy endureth forever. Testify 
of his mercy. After Acts chapter number 2, we move to Acts chapter number 3. And there was a miracle that was done at the gate beautiful about a man who was, uh, was uh, by the wayside, not by the wayside, but off the road, a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried to gate or the beautiful gate. And it was about the ninth hour. And he lay daily at that gate of the temple, verse number 2, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask for alms? Verse number four, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. He said, don't look necessarily upon my flesh, but look upon one who is uh, who's the, the king of this flesh, the king of my mind. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked. And he did something he could never do before. He entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I'm here to tell you today, God's mercy will endure forever and when his mercy is extended whether it be from your infirmity in your body but he will extend mercy to your mind and your spirit and when that lame man received the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God God put him in a larger frame of mind God put him in a larger place now he began to leap and begin to worship and begin to magnify God Verse number 10, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. You know what happens when people begin to say that his mercy endureth forever? When people begin to receive his mercy and people begin to share his mercy, people begin to get empowered. People begin to see God maybe a little bit differently because now they're seeing the wonders and the works of the power of God. Peter and John chapter number 4 faced opposition from the Jerusalem leaders. They faced the people in the high priest. They went to the courts, but verse number 7 says, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, he said, I am filled. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers and the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done in the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even him doth his, his this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And then verse number 12, he says, neither is there salvation in any other. Coming from a man who was ashamed before, but then he says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Mercy of God is being poured out. 
People begin to repeat what is being poured out. Something, another level comes upon Peter. Verse number 13, and now when they saw the authority or the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Let me tell you, when you begin to share the mercy and the goodness of God and you begin to share the name of Jesus Christ uh, and shout it from the mountaintops, uh, people will not they'll look beyond uh, how, how smart you may or may not be. They won't care about what car you drive. Uh, they won't car, care what part of the city you live in. They won't care what color you are. They won't care where you come from, uh, what your daddy or mama looks like. All they're going to know is they know that you've been with somebody greater and his name is Jesus. God is looking for a church that is not ashamed of the gospel of his name. That is not ashamed to go into the highways and the byways with authority and boldness in their life. Find that continues on through the book of Acts. That people that begin to fill, be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Miracles happened right after people began to receive the revelation of who Jesus was. People will begin to receive the name of Jesus. They begin to see the mercy of God. They begin to thank God for what he has done. Begin to call upon the name. And it's just almost like it's a natural thing. When you get in God's presence, people receive authority. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why does it do that? Because when you are in the presence of of God. I said when you're in the presence of God people can't stand by and just oh that's just a bunch of hocus pocus. That's just a bunch of this. That's just a bunch of that. No people will say this is something greater than I've ever seen before. This is Jesus Christ. Find what I preached on last week in Acts chapter number 6 Stephen's sermon Started at verse number 8, and Stephen, verse number 8 says in, in Acts 6, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did get great wonders and miracles among the people. And when God began to use him, people began to speak out. People began to point fingers at him and say he blasphemed. He blasphemed the words of Moses and against God. Verse number 11. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. But the verse number 15 says, And all that sat in that council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as if he had been the face of an angel. I said the face of an angel. Even though people may see you, they'll still try to persecute you. They know that you're a name. You're, you're someone who has a name of Jesus Christ. So in verse number 55 in chapter number 7, it says, But he, talking about Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Is there anybody in this place here today that can say that I have seen and been in the presence of the Most High God? I have seen and felt and without a shadow of a doubt, I have felt the mercy of God. Paul or Saul began to persecute the church, but he saw something in Stephen. I said, Paul, the, 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 the Sanhedrin, or the, the priests in that time, they began to persecute Stephen. And, and Saul was one of those who, who wanted to see the stoning of Stephen. But something happened. 
in the heart of Saul's life. He saw something. He saw mercy that endureth forever. He saw something in Stephen that he had never seen before. So he took a man of a murderous rage, someone who was not ashamed to take somebody's life, not ashamed to take circumstances and make them unto his own. And God began to deal with him and change his name to Paul. And then he began to preach the gospel and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Why? Because mercy endureth forever. I said his mercy endureth forever. You can't stop the mercy of God. You can try to stop God's mercy. You can try to shut it up. You can try to tell people not talk about it. But sooner or later, somebody's going to get a new fresh glimpse of the cross. And people are going to look at you and say, you are a little bit different than everybody else. Surely you have been with Jesus. God is looking for a church that will preach the message, his mercy endureth forever. God is looking for a church in his end time that says that without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what persecution may come my way, no matter what distress may come to my family, no matter what sickness may plague my body, his mercy endureth forever. It does not matter what comes upon comes upon my flesh. It doesn't matter when when the, the, the spirit of this world will try to encamp around us and put us in four walls and captivate us. I want to shout from the mountaintop and say, His mercy endureth forever. When the job don't come when we want it to, his mercy endureth forever. When sickness doesn't seem like it's going to let up, his mercy will be preached forever. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, there have been times throughout this year, to be honest with you, that I felt the four walls of life begin to come upon me. I have felt like I've been put in a, in a captivated place by being measured by man's opinion, being measured by the things of people, being measured by even people's prayers that they would hope that I would be this or that and, and uh, different churches. And I, I come, went down to Kentucky and, and, a, and a, an elder in that church being a very kind man. But he, he, he just said a question to me that I didn't really care for. And maybe it was just because I, I didn't like it. And he meant it with all good integrity. And, and we've all asked this kind of question before. But he said, he said, Brother Brian, it's so good to see you. He said, uh, how many are you running now? What's, and then I said, well, this is kind of where we're at. We're kind of fluctuating up and down just a little bit. Well, he said, that's good. And I was disturbing my spirit. God, I don't want to be known by just a number, a measure of a number. I want to be measured by the presence of the almighty God. I'm not interested in, in, in just having a number on Sunday. I'm interested in saying his mercy endureth forever. Yes. I think this world 
is trying to teach us, even even people in the church, trying to captivate the church, trying to lock the church in a box, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. And I'm not talking about maybe what you think I'm talking about. I'm just talking about how we pray and how we seek God, and we show up the Sunday at 1030. We go through the motions of prayer. We go to this and we go to that. We say amen, and, and we encourage ourselves in the Lord when we can. But where are the people that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're not ashamed to say his mercy endureth forever. Why did Psalms David repeat it four times in Psalms 118? Because he wanted to, to show that it goes from generation and it cannot be stopped. I'm here to tell you today and if you're in this room I want you to hear the heart of this pastor and we need to be a people that is proclaiming the mercy and the grace and the saving work of Jesus Christ yes we do we need to be that victorious church. God did not design this church to be a church that is depressed, that is downtrodden, and they're constantly just trying to make it. I'm not just trying to make it, y'all. I want to make it in victory. I don't know about you. I don't want to just barely make it into heaven. I want to go to heaven running. I said, I want to go to heaven dancing and shouting. Need to be a church that is set up on a hill, not to get away from everybody, but so we can be a light to everybody and say, His mercy has brought me out from darkness, and now I'm in this beautiful light, which is Christ Jesus. There is a, a mental mentality change that we need to have, and that is that we are not captive. And we are not distressed by this world. This world is about to be distressed by the people of God. That's the way our mentality should be. We should not go to work with our heads held down thinking, man, I hope I can just make it through this day. But you need to be walking through that work. I hope these people can make it through this day because I'm bringing something great. I'm bringing the mercy and the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the greatest testimonies that you can have is when people know you're going through something, but you still have the mercy of God. You still have the favor of God. You still have a smile on your face. You still have joy in your heart. You still have a song on your lips. And you have a made-up mind, like Sister Melissa said, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to live for God no matter what comes my way. That's the kind of church that God Bible says that perilous times, they shall come, but that's okay. I said that's okay. I said that's okay. Church, be encouraged when perilous times come. Be encouraged when things aren't going your way because the mercy of God endures forever. His miracles still endure. They still show up. They still are ready and willing to manifest themselves at any given time. Oh, you could come. It's about done. But here today, Joel preached. The prophet Joel of the Old Testament he was a prophet. And preached about the promise of Pentecost. Peter quoted that message of Joel in Acts chapter number 2. In that crowd. 
Peter preached that message because he was not ashamed. And he wanted to proclaim it as loud as he could. We're looking for a church that's not ashamed. Looking for a church that says, uh, if grandma and grandpa could do it, I can do it. If grandma and grandpa preached this message in the middle of the crowd when nobody wanted to hear of them, then I can preach this same message. Because the word of God endures forever. This word will never stop. It will never cease. It will never quit. It will never give up. And I'm so thankful, Lord, for today, for the Lord that will never leave us. The Bible says he will never forsake us. But he is waiting on a church that says, I'm about to turn this world upside down. That's what happened when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to turn the world upside down. All of a sudden, the world didn't take, dictate their actions. The world began to succumb to the apostles' actions. Wherever they went, God began to move. Wherever they went, God began to heal. It's because they had a new mindset. God, your mercy, it endures. It keeps going forever and ever. And Lord, you give mercy to me. You died on the cross for me. And I don't want to ever stop giving you thanks for what you've done. And I want to thank you, and I'm going to praise you. But I can't just stop there, Lord. i got to share it to the next generation. i got to share it to my family. i got to share it to my lost loved ones. i got to share it to the congregation. i got to share it to the people at my work and tell them the same mercy that was bestowed upon me upon the cross is the same mercy he wants to give to you. And when he does that, he will put you in a place that you've never felt before. A large place. A place of freedom. A place of joy. I read earlier today, if you can stand with me, Zechariah chapter number 2. Read in the pre-service prayer, Zechariah chapter number 2. Talked about a young man. He went out to measure Jerusalem. He went out to measure with a measuring line. And then if we find you study that scripture, it says you can't measure the things of God. You can't measure the mercy of God. You can't stop the mercy of God. You can say, well, God's mercy will go here, will go there, but it won't go here and it won't go there. The Bible says that it goes forever. For whosoever will, let him come. It'll keep going. It will keep going. Who am I to try to stop the mercy of God? Who am I to get in the way of the mercy of God? Joel chapter number 2, verse number 27. It says this, And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Very next verse. Because he says, my people will never be ashamed. My people will never be ashamed. I am the Lord in the midst of Israel. The very next verse he says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, and also upon your servants and upon your handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. 
And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. <laughs> I said whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I'm hearing you can't stop the mercy of God because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So I'm going to open up this altar right now. If you have something of a distress that is in your life and you seem to just to kind of be captivated by that and you see you just can't self get yourself out of that can't get yourself out of a place of, 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 of maybe it's you're not it's a lack of forgiveness maybe it's a maybe it's, it's something that is a sin that you just wish you could get rid of and you're having a hard time giving in to temptation maybe it's the thing that's distressing you that's keeping you from victory I'm here to tell you today the mercy of God that has endured the generations of what we read about is still alive today and God can take the thing that distresses your life and he can extend mercy to you and he can put you in a large place where the builder and maker is God where there is liberty thank you for listening to today's message if you like what you've heard please subscribe, rate and review this podcast if you would like to know more information about our church please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church may God richly bless you